I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class. I've never even put anything in a quilt show. But I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy and I'm a quilter. Welcome to episode 3, in which I face a few fundamental truths. So, pod quilters, my word for those of us who spend our non-quilting time listening to podcasts about quilting, so aren't we really all just still quilting in our heads? I want to give a quick shout-out to all of you that have subscribed to this podcast. Woohoo! Thank you! But might I remind everyone that the fun thing about talking about quilting is when someone actually talks back. The blog for this podcast has lots of places for you to add your own comments, tips, and hints. I've also added a page that lists some quilt stores I've visited over the years. I'd like you to share your fave quilt stores with us, too. I spend a fair amount of time each year on the road, and if I have time, I like to try to hunt down good quilt stores to visit, so I'm looking forward to hearing about your faves. So check out http colon slashy slashy quilter dot podbean dot com. Note that there's no www at the front. Leave your comments, your own tips, your own fave stores. I want to read them. Back to the topic of this episode, facing a few fundamental truths. I had a long weekend over Easter with a couple of days off from work and amazingly few responsibilities on my schedule, so I planned on treating myself to significant quality time with my sewing machine. And then it had to go and get all unseasonably warm and sunny for my part of the world at this time of year. I mean, 80s and early April? On a weekend I'd planned to spend inside in my sewing room? How rude! I worked it out. Knocked out my responsibilities early enough in the day that I could spend some time outside soaking up some rays and still have time inside making progress on some projects. Which leads me to our pop quiz of the episode. Answer true or false. Question number one. True or false. It's a great idea to try a new technique on a quilt that you're planning to give as a gift. Eh, false. Ask me how I know. I now have a full-size quilt that may never achieve its gifty destiny. I decided to play around with doing the binding completely by machine. I'm sure you've seen the technique. You sew it on the back and you flip it over to the front, then you sew it down again on the front with a blind hem or decorative stitch. Sounds simple, right? Well, there's this little thing about really needing to have your two seams match exactly, so you're just sewing back over the same seam you did at the beginning in order to make it invisible. Hmm, not quite. Plus, I couldn't wedge the mitered corner under my presser foot, so I had to keep starting the new side an inch or so short of the corner, and now I'm just going to have to go back in and hand tack all the corners back down. I'm sure it's possible to do it perfectly. After all, all those magazine articles can't be wrong. It's just going to take me a few more tries to figure it out. And frankly, I'm not sure what other projects I have that I want to cast to the practice wolves. Fundamental truth. Don't try new techniques on projects you want to give as a gift, unless you have a stack of giftable projects in the wings as alternate possibilities if things don't go so well. Question number two. True or false? You should always try to conserve money when you find that perfect border fabric for a project, and you should only buy the absolute minimum amount you might possibly need, and then, just to make sure, you really should wait several months to get around to doing the border so the fabric's no longer readily available. That is the best plan, isn't it? <clears throat> false. One of the other projects I tackled this weekend was one of my own UFOs. 
it was time to put the borders on. I had great fabric I'd bought several months ago for it, but at the time I hadn't finished piecing the center yet, so I wasn't really clear on how large it was going to end up being. I did some quick math based on averages, and the shop clerk helped me figure it out, and I do recall her saying, oh, you shouldn't need any more than X yardage. I was swayed by someone with more quilting experience than me, and I only bought X yardage. Well, when I got into the making of it this weekend, I decided I really wanted a wider border than I'd originally planned. Plus, I wanted to miter the corners. I did the math three or four times to figure out the widest possible border I could get from the amount of fabric I had, following mitering instructions in one of my books, since I've only mitered a couple of times to date, and I couldn't remember the formulas for figuring out how much to cut for your border. My last set of figures agreed with themselves three times, so I figured I was in like Flynn. I cut my borders, pieced lengths together to get them long enough for the sides, sewed the top and bottom borders on, then I went to lay out the two side borders for pinning and... a few inches too short. Still don't know where it went awry. But I ended up with butted borders instead of mitered. In the grand scheme of things, not the worst mistake I've ever made. But if I'd just bought another half yard of fabric, I'd have been fine. So much for trying to be conservative. Fundamental truth. Don't worry about conserving money when you're buying fabric. Question number three. True or false? Scraps of batting are only good for making snow for Christmas villages. False. Well, okay, true, they do make Christmas villages look nice. But I pieced three batting scraps together to give me a big enough piece for the other of my UFOs that I tackled this weekend. If you've never pieced batting together, it's a simple process. It helps to give yourself a clean edge on each piece first. Then you just butt the edges up against each other, no overlap, and you use your zigzag stitch to sew the two edges together. I've done this a lot. I think I'm actually better at using my batting scraps than I am my fabric scraps. If you're good at putting together puzzles, you could probably piece together any number of smaller pieces to make one big piece. I suppose if you're a hand quilter, it might create some extra seams that you'd have to poke through that might be tricky. But the seams don't seem all that thick to me, and I don't think it would be a problem. But I'm not a hand quilter, so I don't speak with any authority to that one. For us machine folks, though, I've never noticed any difference. Fundamental truth. No scrap of batting should be left to languish alone. Make it part of a happy family. The other fundamental truth I learned this weekend? It's a lot easier to spend hours at a sewing machine when it's rainy or snowy outside. Boy, was that sunshine distracting. That's it for this episode of Quilting for the Rest of Us. Again, please join in the conversation at http colon slash slash quilter.podbean.com. Give us your own fundamental truths about quilting, your own tips and suggestions, and your favorite quilt shops. Meanwhile, go forth and quilt. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom.